All right. Are you ready for another open mic at a mostly vacant, very high-roofed uh, yeah, Greek-Italian restaurant? I believe there should be more people today, though. Cause I'm thinking so. I mean, based on what I'm seeing right now, we got a whole group of people. We got the only other table of humans in the restaurant is directly behind us, which is interesting. And then I'm assuming the group of people that come in to play pool every time will also be here. They would be the favorites to come in. If I were a betting man, I would say yes, they're probably on their way. So we'll look forward to that. Yeah. All right. So as we mentioned, we're at an open mic. You've been doing this, you said, for only a couple months now, right? Yeah, I started in uh, May, right after I turned 18. Oh, okay. All right. So you became a man. Is that what made you decide to do this? Mostly because I kept trying to do the open mic at the club, and I they wouldn't allow me to do it until I was 18 okay. by my house. So. All right. So you're, you're really hungry for it, and that's how long did you want to do this before you finally became legally able to do so? Probably since I, in my senior year, I saw one of my friends do it. So. Oh, okay. And now they don't do it anymore. I don't. <laughs> I don't get what these kids are up to these days. When I was a senior in high school, doing stand-up was not necessarily a route one would take. But what's, well, what's going on with this? Once I did uh, stand-up and uh, started gaining from some attention from it, uh, from my peers, I had like five kids also in my senior class try to do stand-up. Oh, okay. They did it for about three weeks and uh, fizzled uh, out. Yeah. Well, your attention span is usually shorter when you're younger, so that makes sense. That is not what I expected to hear. I mean, usually usually when you do stand-up, it's not because you have, like, a social circle. It's usually when you're uh, oh, yeah, I mean, devoid of such a thing. But do, starting it because your friends in high school were doing it is a very unique experience here. I don't... Is this part of the new generation or what? I mean, yeah. Everybody tries to have a funny tweet that blows up. Uh, so okay. everybody thinks they're a comedian these days. I, I Apparently so. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, other than the fact that your friends were doing it, why are you doing this to yourself? You're a, you know, you're a young man. The world is your oyster. Why be in these bars with these uh, angry and sad men? What, what, what's going on here? Uh, because I moved out to college. Hell and, yeah. Yeah, yep. I realized that I have uh, nothing in common with people. And okay. it's yep. difficult to make friends. So instead, I decided to hang out with older men at random bars you know in what? Cincinnati. And what's interesting is that you're doing that in one of almost the safest ways to do that. Usually when you're hanging out with older men in bars, it's just a recipe for disaster. But Very true. Yeah, here you are. To my knowledge, you know, not being abducted or, uh, you know, being paired off with like some drunk dude's daughter. I mean, this is, this is, although I would not mind being paired off with some drunk dude's daughter. Hang around long enough. I'm, I have a suspicion, you know, you'll, you'll find someone to, uh, you know, talk too loudly at you and then, you know, just work it into your set. Be like, I'm single now that I'm your child's age and then just kind of go from there. All right. Yeah. That Keep might, that in mind. Yeah, I think that'd be a good option. As mentioned, you're a freshman in college right now? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Political science major. So wh what does that mean now? What, what does a political science major do? That means I listen 
in class to my professors talk about how bad Trump is. I would imagine that that probably occupies a large portion of the discussion. I mean, like, it's so infused in our culture that every single time you access the internet, you're going to hear about him. So, I mean, what does a political scientist even do at this point? Well, I'm only in intro classes right now. Yeah, you're, you are one, you are three quarters of a semester into yeah. poli-sci. You thinking you're going to stay the route or what? There's no other major that I would think I could get A's in. Okay, that's a good reason. Nothing like having a strong political science degree. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's all the workplace is asking for. More, more political science majors. Yes, uh, that's going to look good uh, when you're applying to law school, I guess. Is that... That, that, that was the on? route, the thought process I had going in. Okay, yep. And just after one semester, I realized I want to be done with school as yep. soon as possible. You know, that's usually a, a, a symptom of wanting to do comedy is suddenly, you know, you start making fun of everything. And then you, before you realize it, you know, you're surrounding yourself with all of these people that are very much not in school. Yeah, that's something I've noticed is that most of these people that do stand up, not college you, graduates, typically. You, you will get a smattering of other people. You will get a doctor that has a podcast yeah. named ironically after having his degree. But, I mean, other than that, you, 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 get, you get the full spectrum of people. They're, yeah, they're, I mean, Mike Frank's a dentist. Yes. Which yeah. I didn't know until I heard his set. His, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of late on a weekday. For a person that's going to go into people's mouths with sharp objects the next day. And then I proceeded to Google how many uh, dental accidents happen. Uh, hopefully not in his office. You know? Yeah, but there's a lot. And now I don't want to go back to the dentist. Uh, you got me freaked out about that. What's funny is that I just realized the other day when I moved here, I was like, oh, man, I probably need to go to the dentist soon. And I was like, I do know a dentist you do now. know a dentist now yeah but then you know it's one of those things where it's like i mean right what? now you're in your first semester of college so as you go on you're gonna probably end up befriending people that are doing pre-med or that end up in med school uh-huh and you have your experiences with them as a 20 year old and then in five years from now you realize like oh shit that person is now keeping yeah. people alive I, I i've already kind of went over this in my head uh one of my one of my friends she she says she wants to be like a neurosurgeon yeah and then i'm like but i remember you got a c on like our basic civics government final and i'm just yeah. like i i don't there's no government in the brain very true about I, that I, just the basic intellect of a person is what i'm judging there Here's what I would say based on that circumstance. Never be afraid to aim high, you know? Shoot for the stars. And that's that's what that's always been my motto. All you can do is disappoint yourself when you Exactly. Aim high. What do you get what's the worst case scenario? You rack up a bunch of student debt and you don't make it into a, a grad program to do neuroscience and then you just have a biology degree. Yeah, what? <laughs> Yeah, and then you go and you work at one of the few biotech companies you can find that's hiring and you either work in administration or you fill tubes using a protocol that they can't deviate from what are you gonna do you know it's fine everyone's gonna be okay all right everyone's gonna succeed let's say for some reason this poli sci degree doesn't work out and you you keep going down this stand-up rabbit hole 
that you're just now on the cusp of. What's what's your plan with that? What do you what do you want to get out of that? Well, um, other than uh, winning like competitions and such, yeah. I, I've never made yeah. like a I've never been booked to make uh, money uh-huh, doing okay. stand up. Okay. So I don't any I don't exactly know how you even get booked. You know, it's just like everything else in life. It's all who you know, and it's all about holding a gun to someone's head in an alleyway and then making them know, hey, maybe it would be a good idea if you let me do 10 minutes next Wednesday. Yeah, I've, I've tried asking around, but then it just leads to awkward conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get a, uh, you'll get a little, uh, yeah, well, you know, we got a lot of people, and uh, we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, trying to keep some people in rotation right now but you know keep hitting the mics and uh, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. You keep like, keep working you know just, uh, keep working something I, like that yeah you'll find a lot of interesting things that are proposed as opportunities one of which i'm aware that you just participated in which i would like to hear a bit about was you're, the friday you were recently in a comedy competition that you mentioned right yeah now, what was the deal with this? It was like ten dollars to enter, and then there was a cash prize or something. Uh, you, uh, it was a bringer show, so you had to bring, bring five people. Okay, and they were ten dollar tickets, which is All right. quite steep. So for you you have to show. you have to make them fifty dollars. I have to make them fifty dollars for the chance to win a hundred dollars. All right. So in theory, let's say you get five people there, you could potentially pay them back net fifty, perhaps. Which to get those five people there, I had yep. to bring my grandmother. Which I am very interested in hearing about because yeah. you know, all of the time that I've been doing this, my grandmother has not been in attendance for a show. So well, I would like to know what the dynamics of that were like. So the original plan was to invite my aunt and uncle, who surprisingly are not much older than me. Uh, okay. They, my uncle graduated from college two years ago. Hell yeah. And yeah. All so. Right. And your grandmother is 41 years old. <laughs> yeah. My, my grandmother is uh, 63. 20, 20. All right. Well, you know, that's Midwestern, but uh, that's fine. Yeah. Irish Catholic. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my, gr- my, uh, yeah, my, uh, you have like nine aunts or something. Yeah. My, my dad's the oldest of seven. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this makes more sense. That now. uncle is the second youngest. So okay, this this makes sense now. I'm understanding this. So you get the whole family, including grandma, yeah, out to a bringer comedy competition, mm-hmm. as it was labeled. Now, was this judged by a panel? Was this so? A, it was judged by the audience, right? Which means whoever brings the most people wins, yeah, no so, matter what happens. So the voting process was: you had to choose the person that you brought, and you. To, for your vote to count, you had to pick two people. Okay. And so... So you pick yourself and someone else. Oh, that is actually a logistically clever way. Yeah. I did I did like that because I was like, oh, if I kill tonight, <laughs> right. I could win. You could. And then everyone who goes with their friends, unless they really got a problem, is going to vote for them anyway. So the two-vote system, honestly, the dynamics of that, it's a bit more reasonable. Okay. Yep. And, yep. uh, yeah, so there was, uh, six comedians, um, two yep. of which are here tonight. Six or comedians. Or three, three of which are here tonight, including me. All right, six comedians, five each. So they got $300 walking in the door. All right, so this is a good, good racket so far. Yeah, and there were a lot, and s- some of them brought way more than five people. Yeah. Like, I Smart. would say two of them probably brought at least, like, ten people. You know what? I'd- 
as devious as some of these comedy, in quote, competitions can be, so far you're not describing the worst I've heard. All right. Yeah. And the list was made in alphabetical order. Interesting dynamic. Which forced me to go first. Right, as you are Carter Doherty. All right. Yeah. Well, it's pronounced Doherty, but I just always go up as Carter D. Was this some German shit or something? Like Irish. That? Ir- very Irish. Oh, G-H uh, in Ireland G- makes a cuh sound. No shit. Yeah. Here I am learning something brand new. All right. Connor Doherty, you had up there. So you're first. How was the host? Did he do any time? Yeah, the host went up there, did like five minutes. And, you know, I asked him if like the mic would go out to the... Uh, crowd so if in case i want to do crowd work and okay when he was up there he was like when i when i'm up there i'll make sure it does and he went out there and did crowd work just just to get I the asked, whole yeah which made me feel good he was a good host the very yeah all right so overall this is sound like a positive experience so far yeah. then you're first up grandma's sitting there and you had 10 minutes, and you said this was the first time you had done that much For, yeah first time i've done like a true 10 minutes okay this and is- <laughs> pressure um, is high yeah the lights are on yeah. uh in the whole building not just on the stage which kind of sucked yeah and then um i did my 10 uh my my hardest bits killed like normal but then my intermediate area yeah. bits that i put in to make 10 minutes did yeah. not cold at well first up so cold room so you're powering through it and uh mm-hmm. my my closer bit leads yeah. in with the line so i've been trying sex recently which is great because you got your religious grandma there she's been a catholic grade school teacher for uh 30 years okay. now so did she whip you with a ruler on stage or off no um, okay yeah i i, I tried to preface to her beforehand that everything i'm saying is not true everything is a joke good and i'm only saying these things to make people laugh okay good cover good work all right but i still feel that our relationship will never be the same now did you carpool together no i did not because she was visiting my aunt and uncle who live in cincinnati okay so they had an interesting car ride home i'm sure Probably. It's good. Probably. Uh, everyone else goes... Now, what genuinely scares me about bringer shows or pretty much any event where it's like, yeah, you know, you have to be here and you have to bring your friends out is the content of other comedians. Because I... Yeah, that was the I can part. I am aware of what I can say that will get me through an evening without changing the relationships between me and my loved ones, but I cannot handle what other people have said, and I would imagine that would have caused an issue. Now, were there any highlights from the other content? Well, not going to name names. You don't have to name names, but I can imagine... I, I can uh, imagine there, there, were, there were lots of talks about Nazis and... Uh, okay. Jews driving their airplanes into... Twin Towers, which... Now that is certainly some interesting content to do at a bringer show. Yeah. Um, okay. Especially when you really want to win the approval of other people. Also, a bit about um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, getting pregnant. Grand- religious grandmother now, loved it. Now, yep. my grandmother wasn't offended by the content, yep. but she was offended by the fact that the person who said the joke said Mary Magdalene got pregnant with Jesus. Ah. And she was like... 
that is not mm, correct. correct. It was not Mary Magdalene that was pregnant with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> did she heckle? She's like, she did not heckle. She's she, uh, she's a 4'11", very tiny woman with a soft voice. So she frowned and shook her head back and forth. She frowned and shook her head back. Okay. All right. Uh, you went up there. You said, unfortunately, so you, you make it through these other sets. You get to the end. There's a whole voting thing. It builds up. And then, sadly, it did not work out. Don't worry. You'll get them next time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. How was the uh, how was the console from? Uh, did you get a hey man? We thought you were a great situation here. Yeah. So the uh, the host went up there, and I'm assuming this wasn't true, but he said it was a very close race, almost oh, a three way yeah. tie. Oh yeah, that's how it works every time. Yeah. But the winner is yeah. blank. Yeah. And you know what? I think the guy who won deserved to win. Well, that's so. beautiful. That's 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 fair. I didn't have my best set. Well, you will next time, though. Let me tell you that. I, I hope so. Yeah. Well, fingers I have another crossed. bringer. Go Bananas finally said I do not have to bring five people to do the open mic, which... That's... I don't know, man. Makes, you really made it at this point. I know, right? Yeah. I'm basically yeah. coasting. Yeah, I am uh, not eligible to do that because I do not know five people that are not comedians that would pay <laughs> to yeah, go see that. You you will. Yeah. You will. One, well, you know, fingers crossed. Maybe one day. Okay. So you're on your way. You're in Miami. Not that Miami. Not that the, Miami. The other uh, one. The other one. You're studying poli sci. All right. Crushing it. You're showing up to these open mics. You're surrounded by these scary people doing scary things, saying weird shit on stage. Okay. I believe you might be the youngest guest so far on this show. Were you born before or after 9-11? A few months before. Good God. Okay. Yeah. Shouldn't you be vaping on a hoverboard or laughing at memes that I don't understand right now? I did all that right before I came here. All right. That's that's actually how you got here. Yeah. I I rode my hoverboard and my vape was the exhaust. And that's... That's cool, dude. Yeah, I actually charge my vape on the hoverboards of wheels. So that's oh shoot. That's sweet, dude. Innovative. Well, that's cool, man. All right, so you doing you doing the school? You doing the stand up? Here's the deal. I've been I've done both of those things. Okay, I'm a I'm a goddamn doctor. All right, I have a hat to prove it with Doctor Chickering on it. Yes. All right, and that's featured in the logo. All right, been doing comedy. Obviously, look at me. I'm out here. Here's the deal, man. I'm not gonna give you advice unless you want it, but I'm not gonna give it to you. All right, I'm not gonna just feed you these things. What I am gonna do is I'm gonna tell you about some scenarios that I have been through, and I'm gonna prepare you mentally for some of the things that you're gonna see if you keep going in this track. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, I mean, as mentioned. Every time that I have been at this particular venue, crazy shit has happened every time. And I can guarantee you with the crowd tonight. Yes, something bizarre will happen. In the several months that you've been doing this already, what's some of the wilder shit that you've seen out just either on stage or in a comedy venue? Well, doing open mics very late at night on weekdays yeah you see a lot of people where alcohol is not beneficial to their lives yeah it's not improving things it's uh yeah yeah and so usually the the odd 45 year old who definitely labors in the morning and labors his brain with alcohol at night yes is one of the wild things i've seen yeah yeah you will see many of those characters and they will tell you 
what they think and feel often. You're going to experience that a lot. It's funny that you're like, what are you, like 18, 19, going to die. Uh, it's a really interesting like introduction to bar culture that you're getting through this. Yeah, because like when you're a senior in college and all of your friends twenty turn 21 and they're like excited to go out to bars, you're going to be like, why would we do that? Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that's a big thing. Yeah, you're going to be like, why? So people can yell at us and they're going to be like, what are you talking about? And <laughs> it's very interesting. But yeah, you're going to yo, see some... Yo, okay. And they're checking the mic here. This is one of the uh, consequences of doing a uh, public thing. But so far, this is the quietest venue I've found so far. Oh, this is definitely the quietest, especially right after you tell a joke. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes, you will find that to be true. Like I said, I'm not going to give you advice, okay? I'm going to tell you some things, and I'm going to kind of give you some scenarios to make sure you're in the right mindset to handle this okay so these are some of the things that have happened to me this is going to be sort of a what would you do situation okay all right given the circumstances so let's just in all of these you're at a comedy show and you're either about to attempt to make people laugh or you're an innocent bystander while this happens here so let's say you're on you're on the list and you're about to go up the guy in front of you is a white guy and he finishes set by dropping the n-word all right all right. To silence. Host goes up and goes, okay, welcome to the stage. Carter, Dockerty, what do you do? I I open up with, um, what up, dogs? Okay. Yep. They're not going to respond because they're still processing what happened, but what do you do? What, do you, what are you just going to go straight into your set? Are you going to address it? Are you going to, what are you, what are you going to do? The lights on and everyone's silent. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough oh, one. Oh, it is a that's tough a one. That's a tough one. Oh, I know. Because I've seen it. Yeah, to follow somebody who just drops the N-word in silence. <laughs> to close. And now you're up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I probably would open up with, so I was going to start out my set with the n-word okay but he just stole my joke not see you're taking a gamble on that taking a gamble but you might get him back on your side have you seen this face i'm too lovable you got that youth going for you you know you got that uh got that younger brother energy and you might be able to play that into your i would hope so yeah yeah you're gonna have to pivot from there because they're either gonna laugh and they're gonna break or they're going to tighten up further, and it's going to be a rough set. But either way, I just, mean, just hang in there, you know? Power through it. It's going to be fine. All right. Not a bad reaction, and that's uh, that's something. You keep hanging around out here? People oh, have gotten... I, I've, I've seen, I've seen a, a white girl drop the N-word in her set back at home, Ooh, and uh, she yep. was not welcomed back at that That'll establishment. Happen. That will happen. Uh, we had a close call Monday night. It was not the N-word, but it was a race-heavy joke that went to complete silence by a, a new guy in a tracksuit. And it was, uh, thank God the host was seasoned. He was able to uh, get us back on track, but it it was a bombshell to the room. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what joke that was. Uh, it was something about uh, black people wearing orange shirts and... Uh, it just fell completely flat. Oh, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Yeah. As yeah. soon as that guy told the joke, I stepped out of the room to go get more water. Yeah, that's usually a I need to not be looking at the stage or not be here situation. And it, yeah. was, a, yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one, but we bounced back and that's okay. That's, uh, that's one, you know, one of these scenarios that you're going to show up to. Let's say uh, 
you're doing an empty bar show, okay? And you're in there, and you already went up to the not amusement of about three or four people that happened to be there not knowing the show was gonna, going on, right? And then uh, the other two or three openers go up, and everyone kind of struggles, but you're like, whatever. And then the headliner is a 45-year-old from Orlando with a mullet, and he eats shit for 45 minutes straight. But he keeps doing a recurring joke where he points to you, one of the only people in the bar, and keeps calling you gay, thinking it's a punchline over and over and over again, as he just drowns through the end of his set. Now you're sitting there, you're looking at him, what do you do? Wow, what do I do? Yeah. Um, I cower oh? into my and leave. Okay, all right. Because I... Will have cried. You will have cried. Okay. Let, I mean, let's lay it out objectively. No one's winning that night, you know? No. Everyone's having a rough time. All the other comedians are standing outside cranking cigarettes. But you're sitting there because this is your first ever booked show, even though you're not getting paid. Did that headliner get paid? He may have made like $20 or something. I don't know. It was. Uh, I've seen him a few times after that. He. Uh, Oh, man, he, he does a joke about going to India with his wife that uh, it ends with him talking about watching television in India and then him doing Indian guy voice for about three Who minutes booked straight. him? I, I want to meet this person that thought he was funny. What you're going to find is while you keep going through this and you start meeting these characters is that some people have just done this so long, I mean decades, that they just know every person that has a room and they're willing to send an email and they're willing to make $20 to drive four hours. So you're just going to find that to be the case more and more. I mean, I drive an hour multiple times a week to do sign-up, show-up shows. That is dedication, I will say. To And most of the time, bomb. I've seen you do pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, but... Like the venues, regardless of how good you are, yeah, oh yeah, you're gonna bomb. There are rooms that are unwinnable. Best case scenario is you go up and do okay, and uh, yeah, you know, you just make. Here we go. You just do what you can. All right, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me personally, what I did was I sat there and smiled sarcastically at him while I watched just the saddest man go power so, through his set. Did you go up before him? I like, went up like second. And there were maybe like four or five of us that did five minutes. And then he went up and did 45 minutes. And just the three other people in the bar were just like, this is terrible. And he was up there just like yelling and wailing and going back and forth. And uh, 45 minutes I've, for no people just sounds depressing. To I've me. seen I saw I later went on to see him do that four more times. And, uh, you know, he's. If I some, some, it's a sickness, and some people never get cured, and uh, you're going to find that as you keep going I, on. I know? definitely do see that. Yeah. You're going to see some wild shit. Let's say, uh, okay, here's another scenario for you. This is a good one. All right, this is, this is pod. Let's say you keep doing this for a while, and then, uh, you know, you get a spot. You're guest hosting an open mic, two and a half hours long, outside. They probably don't do that here as frequently, but it's outside. It's Florida wintertime, so it's about 40, 50 degrees. And sitting in the front row 
are two like 20 to 22 year old women that are very much underdressed for the weather all right they're in like shorts and like shirts one of them has an oversized like coachella leather jacket with the frill shit on the arms oh yeah all right and she's wearing that all night and they're sitting next to each other and then finally gets so cold she pulls the jacket over and they're both wearing it like a blanket right and you're just sitting there, and then throughout the set, you realize that everyone else around them is kind of leaving, but they're both hanging out. You're about two hours into this two-and-a-half-hour-long show. You're about to bring up the next comic, and then you look over, and you realize that these two women are just fully making out with each other while you're hosting the show, and no one even realizes it because they've just tapped out of comedy. Now, they're holding the mic. You're on stage. What do you do? Are they hot? One of them was like a legitimate model just sitting there, and the other one was her friend. And I was just like, what the fuck? I mean, is there a stool nearby? Yes, there was I, a I, classic stool mic stand situation. I pull up the stool, and I just kind of sit and watch and oh. wait until they say something to me. Fascinating. All now, right. What did you do? Uh, what I did was I registered it and then I did probably like an octuple take where I just kept darting my eyes back and forth to the situation to make sure it was still going on. And then, uh, I realized no one else had noticed this and I was like, well, that's funny. Anyway, welcome to the stage. Your next comedian. Like, and then, uh, eventually they stopped, but I was just like, wow, this is, this is, uh, this is really great. So, yeah, you're going to see, like, you're going to, you know, occasionally you take the good with the bad. You'll have some 45-year-old guy that's, like, some haunting image of what your future could be. And then other times you'll just see something that looks like it's out of, like, an 80s music video for no reason. It's great. The life of comedy. Yeah, you're going to find all sorts of stuff. All right. Okay, you're on stage at a gay bar on St. Patrick's Day. All right. And you're wearing a cute little shirt and a green bow tie because you're celebrating. All right. And you're there. For some reason, the room is pretty well packed out. And in the middle to back of the crowd is a woman who is standing and filming everyone set on her cell phone. And you know she's filming you because she left the light on the front. And not only is she doing this, she is loudly heckling every comedian as she does this while drunkenly rambling throughout everyone's set. You're on stage... You're halfway through your set. It's going all right, but it's so obvious that it's distracting. What do you do? So, clearly, her drunken mind has thought, I'm going to do something very funny, and this is going to go viral. Yeah. All right. Now, what I would do is not give her that satisfaction. Oh. I'm going to power through my set. Yep. And hopefully win the crowd and displeased that specific woman. Yeah. You know what? Pretty pretty good. Honestly, what I did was I uh, I made fun of her quietly to the other members of the crowd and she couldn't really hear it, so they were laughing at me making fun of her. That's, here's Yeah. Here's the follow-up. 2 weeks later, you're at a completely different show, different venue, not St. Patrick's Day, no cute bow tie. You do the show, it goes fine, whatever. You get off stage, you're hanging out while everyone's clearing out of the bar. A woman approaches you, she's very intoxicated, and says, I am so sorry, I can't stop myself. And then you go, what? And then you realize that this is the woman that was filming you, and she (laughs) 
identified herself and is confessing to it, but says, I'm sorry, I just can't help myself. I like to have fun at shows. Now, not only is this a weird conversation that you didn't want, she keeps swaying closer and closer to your face. <laughs> and you're wondering if she's about to kiss you. What, what do you do? Well, you said she's older, right? She's like maybe late 30s, early 40s. Uh, around the oldest I've been with. Um, Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> it, Almost. Let, let's say. Great, dude. Um, Keep that up. That's going to carry in stand-up. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Hmm. I don't know. That's a difficult one. It's a tough one because it's just you. You weren't expecting to have this conversation. And you realize you're having all these feelings come up, but you're confused because you're genuinely wondering if this woman is about to start making out with you. She's that close to your face and you don't get what's going on. I compliment her. I, oh. I, I say she looks cute tonight. Oh. And then, and then we proceed to see how she reacts to that. If she reacts in a flirtatious manner, yeah. and then I go on from there and that's the ultimate revenge bang dude the student has just become the master in this you you might make it dude i don't that's i'm proud of you dude i just immediately got pissed off and i said what did you do with those videos <laughs> she's like nothing i was like do not ever put those up on the internet for any reason do you understand and she's like ah, 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 and then she just kind of drifted into the abyss makes sense no dude you're honestly your approach on that was I mean, that was that was a calculated response that I made in my head. What would I have actually done in the moment? Yeah. Probably avoid her. Oh, see, here's the thing. You did not know it was her. She just popped uh, up behind you, and then all of a sudden she was talking to you. It's, It was contentious. It was a contentious moment. All right, let's move into the final round here. This was one that I honestly, I watched this. This did not happen to me. I was standing 10 feet away from her. You're on stage. You're one of the last comedians of the night, right? It's late. Everyone's a little burnt out, but, you know, they're excited to see you because everyone's about to go home, all right? A very drunk, portly, possibly homeless man walks out from the door that's next to the stage, tries to walk into the crowd, trips over a step, and falls face forward into about four to six chairs, just spreading them everywhere, <laughs> completely crushing the entire room, all right? Okay. He's wearing faded jeans and half of his ass is out as he struggles around on the ground to try to get up. It's hot. A couple people are trying to help him. It's not really working. And for some reason, he pulls $3 out of his pocket and keeps offering it to the host, thinking that that's going to fix the situation somehow. <laughs> <laughs> You're on stage holding the mic. You've got two minutes left in your set. What are you, you going to do? Well, if I was witty, yeah. I, I could make a clever joke about it. Yep. Yeah. But I'm not. Well, you will sharpen that knife as you continue moving forward. I, I hope so. Yeah. But um, I would probably just say, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And then start my set or finish my set. See, that's dedication. And that's what you need. And that's exactly dude, dude, fuck school, man. I mean, this is going to work. Do, do you, I know. Do you I have know, student right? loans? Just abandon. I do not actually, surprisingly. Oh. Well, then fuck it. Oh, well. National Guard. Oh, oh. Yeah. All right. Well, if you can get an education, for, then fuck it. Just go for it. And then, you know, tell jokes overseas or where right. National Guard stays in the nation. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't Just, you know what? Ride ride that out. <laughs> I would, here's my advice. Uh, ride that out and graduate while uh, they're still front in the bill yeah. for that. And then uh, go from there. Yeah, pull the Sinbad route. He uh, won some... Uh, do you, do you know his history? 
He was in the military. He won like some weird national military talent show thing, and then from that, he's just like fuck this, and then he went AWOL, and then started doing clubs and shit. I, yeah, I wish I, I wish I was talented enough to do that. Give it time. I, I think I, that's what I, you've got the instinct, and that's I mean, what's I, important. I've only signed a six-year contract. So. Oh well, six years—that's not even. In six years, you're gonna be like 19 years old, so you're gonna yeah, be fine. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be 10. Yeah, you'll be set. All right, dude. Well. uh yeah, I mean that's. I I think we pretty much crushed this. Yeah, we we crushed this podcast. Uh, yeah. So you got any bringer shows you want to? <laughs> uh, go bananas next week. Go bananas. Uh, Eleven twenty. Right. Oh shit! All right, it's my next show. Uh, see Carter Doherty there. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much good. All right. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me.